And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams with Mr. Ford Taylor. Ford, how are you today? I am doing well, PW. How are you? Well, life is good. We are in a very unique situation. I know, Ford, I never thought we'd be talking about a reality show for the basis of one of our episodes, but here we go, my friend. Oh, let's have some fun and hope that we don't step all over ourselves as we're doing this. How's that sound? <laughs> I think we'll be good. Hey, look, for last episode, we talked about uh, bringing balance to a cancel culture environment. And really, this is not a part two. This is a continuation, right? So now in this episode specifically, we're going to talk about bringing healing uh, in the cancel culture environment. and. Uh, yes, that uh, proverbial popular show that I personally, Ford, have never watched, but in all due respect, I did do some research, and we're going to talk about uh, the last season of The Bachelor and uh, what we saw, uh, what we experienced, and maybe some uh, some teaching and training and equipping uh, on the other side. Yeah, that's what we're going to attempt to do. And remember, what we saw, <laughs> and what we saw and watched is our perception of what we Correct. saw. Correct. And other people may have a different perception of what they saw and watched. So I want to acknowledge that on the front end. But you know, in this whole cancel culture thing, you know, I shared last time that I've traveled to lots of countries, and you know, when you've seen socialism and communism and and democracy and and all the different kinds of government and and you and you think logically about the people that are begging to come to America. Uh, you know, and, and when you think about it, there, there's just so much good about our country, but there's also stuff about our country that, that desperately needs to be repaired, needs to be fixed. And so if you think about the foundation of our country, there are some some really ugly things in our foundation, and there's some beautiful things in our foundation. You know, and some of that ugly is we have slavery, we have greed. You know, back in the foundation, when the, when it was laid, it's in the concrete. But, you know, we also have freedom of speech and, and freedom of religion and, and lots of freedoms that other countries don't have. And so there are some good things mixed with some bad things down in the concrete. And so we built a country on a platform that has some good and some bad. And, and I guess I'm one of those people that says, you know, why don't we build on the good? and focus on bringing healing to the bad. And, and, and I know it's a little unfair because the people who've experienced the bad for hundreds of years, if I were them, I would probably be saying, well, when are we going to do this? I mean, let's get on with it. And, and while I think most would agree there's been some improvement, but I, I think it'd be hard to say, you know, it's repaired. The foundation is repaired. And so the big question is, can the foundation be repaired? And if so, you know, what is a way to potentially repair it? And, you know, I thought we'd use The Bachelor as, a, as an example of what could be done now that that's over and it's happened. You know, what could be, what could be the outcome of that potentially if people came together? Well, lots of moving parts here, Ford. So let me kind of set the stage uh, for the season of kind of what happened. So... As the story goes, Matt James is a biracial male uh, through the um, through the 
bachelor selection process, uh, he selected uh, a white female, Rachel Kirkconnell, um, and the host, Chris Harrison, um, who's been the host since day one, I believe. I couldn't see where anybody else was the host. Um, uh, and then our fourth player in this uh, one-act play uh, is former bachelorette in the first uh, black bachelorette. Her name's Rachel Lindsay. So, Ford, I'm going to let you kind of uh, set the story, uh, talk about how it ended, and then what maybe um, uh, what healing you believe could come from this. Well, and Patrick, the PW, the, the people that watch this show and watch the aftermath of what happened, they, they're probably pretty aware of this. So I'm going to do this pretty quickly. But yes, Matt chose Rachel Coconnell. And, and and he was, I think he was brilliant. You know, he, he he wasn't pressured into saying, will you marry me at the end? However, he told her he was in love with her and wanted to spend his life with her, but he didn't want to get engaged just because the show required it or the pressure was there. And I thought, wow, you know, that, there's so much maturity in this man and, and that's wisdom. And as they went out, uh, there was a lot of social media that came out around Rachel Kirkconnell. And that media showed her when she was in college with a lot of her friends dressed up in the uh, apparel of what people wore during the time of plantations and slavery that was going on. And so it appeared that her sorority just appeared that they were having a plantation uh, themed party. And in all that, you know, she was accused of being racist. And then uh, uh, she didn't respond to that for a while. And then Rachel Lindsay, the former winner, uh, who happens to be black, African-American, you know, interviewed Chris Harrison, the host, around this whole event that was taking place. And in that, oh golly, in that interview, to me, it looked like a couple of friends were talking and, and really trying to bring some clarity to what happened. But in that, you know, Chris said some things that just on the surface, you wouldn't look at it and go, well, there was something wrong with that. But my perception of one of the things he said was if this had happened, you know, three years ago, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal, but it's a big deal now, you know, because of all that's going on. And, and I don't know, Chris, but I know that, you know, when I heard that, I interpreted it as you know, before this was at the forefront of everyone's mind, you know, had she done this, it probably would have been nothing said about it. But now that it's the, at the forefront of everyone's mind, it's a big deal. Now, that's what I heard, but I've been dealing with this racism issue in my life with others for about 20 years. So this isn't a fad for me. Okay. So I also heard, you know, what someone else could have heard was, you know, it wasn't a big deal in 2018, and it's a big deal now. And I, and I think the reality is, if I had heard that perspective, I would have been thinking, Chris, it's always been a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's just now people are acknowledging it. And so, but because there was not real clarity in that conversation and maybe some other things, then all of a sudden, you know, Rachel Lindsay became at odds with Chris Harrison, okay? 
Well, now what do we have going on? So at the end of this, Matt and Rachel Cacano broke up. You know, she's accused of being a racist. She didn't respond for weeks. And on the final, you know, after the rose, they asked her, why didn't you respond? And I don't have her quote, but it was something like, I didn't just want to apologize just to apologize. I wanted to understand what I did. Well, having worked in this arena for almost 20 years, you know, it, it's hard to believe if, if, I'm a, if I'm a black person and I've got all this history behind me, it's hard to believe that you could do something like that and not know what you did. You know, how can you not know what you did? Well, you know, if you, if you live in that place of ignorance and you really don't know what you did, you know, as Matt said, you know, the boyfriend, you got some work to do. And so Rachel O'Connell said, I have work to do and I'm going to do it. And she apologized for what she did. And so, so what happens? Chris Harrison resigns his job. Matt and Rachel break up. Rachel, Lindsay, and Chris become at odds with one another. So much of the bachelor nation, they call it, they start hammering Rachel Lindsay for what she did. Others hammer Chris Harrison for what he did. Now other people are mad at Rachel O'Connell because she didn't apologize soon enough. And then different ones are mad at Matt because he didn't feel like that he could say maybe everything he wanted to say on television. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, how do you blame the guy? Because whatever you say, you're going to get somebody's going to take you out. And so, th so here's that environment. And I'm watching it and going, so you got cancel culture and then you got cancel, cancel culture. And here we are with, with a show that millions of people watch and millions of people love. And I don't know if there's racism underneath the background of that show. I do know that years ago when you watched it, you know, it was mainly a white show. And even if you had a white bachelor or bachelorette, you mainly had white contestants and maybe one or two that weren't white. But over the season, somebody, I think, has made some points and some good ones in it over all these different years. And now it looks very different. So someone, and, and it may have been Rachel Lindsay, and if so, kudos to Rachel Lindsay for pointing out when she was there some of those things. So kudos to her. But here's the heartbreaking part. Now, four people are now at odds with one another, and there's a nation turned on this, and they're looking at it. And so here's my challenge to those four. And, and, and Patrick, you watched After the Rose, or you looked into it, and, and who took Chris Harrison's place on that last show? You know, I don't... Uh... I know the gentleman Ford, but uh, I'm sure I'm going to not say his last name um, correctly. So I'm going to let you say his name. And I'm not sure I'll say it correctly. Okay. But Emmanuel Archer. Okay. I'm, I'm saying his last name wrong. But what a outstanding job this man did on that show. It looked to me from my perspective, other people may have different perspective, that he was trying to bring healing to the situation. That's what it looked like to me. You know, and, 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 and he was saying things that we've been saying on this show. You know, we should not celebrate the bad parts of our history, but we still have to acknowledge them. You know, we can't forget them. We can't forget slavery. 
We can't forget segregation for 100 years. We can't forget the, the 35 years of laws that were written that, that most people aren't even aware of. We can't forget that in the foundation of our country, there's some really good things. And there's some things that if we had to do over, I think we would all say, oh, no, we wish you hadn't done that. But here's my challenge to these four along with him. Okay, that, that the five of them, you know, we have this message we give, stay at the table. You know, because I believe, and this is just my perce perception, this is my perspective, PW. You know, there's this thing, as you say, everything we do is on a continuum. And, and I believe that we all live on this continuum somewhere, and this is my perspective. People do not have to agree with me. And on one end, we have intentional, unadulterated racism. There are people that want others to stay down, and so they do things intentionally to keep them down. And this goes on in every country I've ever been to, every country I've taught, trained, I've worked with governments. Every country I've been to, this exists. And if you keep coming across that continuum, you have conscious bias. Now, a conscious bias is I admit that I'm biased against someone based on something. Um, a conscious bias, for example, when I first started doing some of this work and working with African-Americans and black leaders, I would ask them, what do I have to do to get you to trust me 100%? And they would say, that's not possible. And I would ask them why. And they would say, because you're white. And I said, well, what would I have to do as a white man to get you to trust me 100%? And they would say, that's not possible. And I said, what if I go to my grave dying? What if I die? I mean, I'm willing to go to my grave trying the best I can to do what it is I need to do. And then over time, they started teaching me the things that I, that we do, as white people that makes us look like we're racist. And when they would tell me, it was almost like when my wife tells me something I did, and I'd go, how did I not know that? How could I be so clueless? Well, that was happening to me on a regular basis. I didn't know. And then slowly, they started saying, wow, you guys really don't know. I said, some do. They're racist. Some of us don't. So if you keep coming across that continuum, okay, you come to that next level, which is an unconscious bias. What would be an example of that? Someone cuts you off in traffic. Okay. And you look at that car and you, do you say that's a bad driver? Or do you say that's a bad woman driver? That's a bad man driver. That's a bad black driver, bad white driver. And so if that's what goes through your mind, you're unconsciously biased against someone behind that steering wheel. And you don't even realize you're, you're doing it because it's so unconscious. And, and there's so many of those things that we do. And then if you keep coming across that, continuum, you get to what I call pure ignorance. You know, we have, we do not know, we don't understand, we've not taken the time to look at all the different perspectives of history. We've not taken the time to listen to those not like us, to stay at the table, you know, to use that slower listening model, you know, be silent, lean in, be open to other people's perspectives, be willing to, to listen. You know, look at them, make eye contact, relax, respond, repeat back if necessary to, to be sure we understand. But we live in ignorance. Now, if we choose to stay in ignorance with some, once someone gives us the truth, then that makes us racist. That's my opinion. Now, if you keep coming down that spectrum, that continuum, on the very other tip, you have someone with zero bias, none at all.
based on color of skin, height, weight, nationality, income, culture, zero bias. Well, I haven't met that person yet. Okay, but but I think all of us probably have some that we don't even realize we have. But I challenge people, put yourself on that continuum. Where do you live on there? Are you an intentional racist? Are you consciously biased? Are you unconsciously biased? Are you ignorant? Or do you really not have much prejudice or bias? Well, once you once you graph yourself, go get educated. All right, so here we are. So now we got Rachel McConnell and Chris Harrison saying, I'm going to do, do some work. I'm going to go learn what it is I didn't understand. Yes. So there, there are people that are somewhere between ignorance and racist. I don't know. I don't know them. I'm not there. But they're saying, I'm going to do, do the work not to be ignorant. I'm going to find out if I'm unconsciously biased, consciously biased. So here they are, and they're doing the work. PW, think about this. Here's a show watched by millions of people. Rachel Lindsay's been hurt because of people that came after her. Harrison's been hurt. Poor little Rachel McConnell and Matt Jones who exposed themselves nationally, put themselves out there to find a mate. You know, what if the four of them, and we bring that host that, that came together for healing, what if the, the five of them could come to the table? And what if they started with the goal? You know, this happened. We can't go back and undo. It happened. A lot of our good history and bad histories at play here. What if the five of us came together and we sat with someone and we stayed at the table long enough to really hear each other, really understand the perspective? Is it possible that that, that group of people has enough influence that they could bring some healing to some of these things that are in the foundation of our country that are not good? and get a following to say, you know what? If we can remove the unconscious bias and remove the ignorance, we might be able to deal with the conscious bias and the racism. So when these things happen, if there would be a chance to stay at the table and take a deep breath and say, you know, just maybe it was ignorance, it was innocent. You know, however, it still looks the same is people that do it intentionally. What might happen for our country if we had leaders in these specific situations that have a following would come together and say, you know what, we can fix this. We, we can be a part of the solution. We can use something that's bad to bring good. And that is what I believe the country needs to have happen. And this is just one example. Many that are out there that if people came together and stayed at the table and they learned to love one another, they might have the kind of influence that could impact our nation for good and what might happen. We might see a transformation to take some of these things in our foundation that are not good and transform them into a, a solution instead of the potential of taking our whole country down because we continue to make them the problem. Well, you know, I'm not shy for, uh, you know, I'm going to reach out to all five of these individuals and see if they want to come to the table and, and uh, maybe have you and um, Emmanuel lead that uh, meeting. You know, wouldn't that be fun? You know, you know, I would step into that very quickly. <laughs> you know, I would because it, 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 and no one would ever even have to know I was at the meeting. 
Yeah. You know? Because, I, you know, I, 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 I'm a firm believer that when we become part of the solution, then we remove ourselves from being, being part of the problem. But, but these five, I believe they're in a golden spot right now and others in the same place across our country. Well, Ford, uh, in last episode, we were bringing balance to a cancel culture environment. Thank you for bringing uh, clarity uh, and attempting always to bring healing uh, to a, a very uh, a new normal, a new time we're in. And uh, you did it with um, uh, eloquent, uh, eloquence and grace. And always, uh, every episode, we're just trying to do a couple things. We're trying to love, trying to influence, we're trying to transform folks. And with that, Ford, take us home, brother. Well, I, I want to start off with an apology to Rachel and Emmanuel if I have if I have botched your last names. Uh, everybody that knows me well knows I'm not good with names and never have been. And with the Lyme disease, it's gotten worse. Um, but so if I have, uh, please accept my apology and forgive me for that. The, uh, you know, when I, when I see these problems, you know, Patrick, I've worked with multiple companies, organizations, churches, and now with some governments. And when I see these things happen, and my history has been mainly with companies, but, but I've always looked at these problems, these issues, as opportunities more than problems. And I believe that, that no organization can move beyond the constraints of its leadership. You know, no company can move beyond the constraints of its owner. No child can move beyond the constraints of, of their parents as long as they're at home. You know, no, no employee can move beyond the constraints of their boss. You know, no church member can move beyond the constraints of their pastor. No athletic sports player can move beyond the constraints of their coach. But, you know, no nation can move beyond the constraints of its leaders either. And I also believe that, that no organization can move beyond the constraints of its policies, processes, systems, and procedures. And so if we could see so many of these things, not just as problems, but as opportunities, and if we could put leaders in place and processes, policies, systems, procedures in place to, to remove the constraints, you know, keep the stuff that's good, remove the stuff that's bad. And I'm one of those dreamers. I believe that's possible. I've watched it my whole career. And I believe it's even possible for a nation. But I do know at the very centerpiece of that, if we don't learn, and, and you've heard me say this, I truly believe that deep down, every person I've ever met is smart, gifted, or talented in at least one area. And some are smart, gifted, or talented in multiple areas. Deep down in my heart, as I've traveled the world in my first career and now even more than what I do now, I deep down believe that the vast majority of this world, they, we care about the people around us deep down. So what's missing? How do we get to a place that we can take all those people, smart, gifted, talented, with huge hearts and bring them to the table and say, let's be part of the solution. Let's stop being part of the problem. But deep down, that's going to take us caring. It's going to take us loving. It's going to take us loving others more than we love ourselves. It's going to take us loving a solution more than we like to promote the problem. But if we ever could learn to care, 
learn to love that way and take those good things in the foundation of our country and deal with those policies, processes, systems, solutions, and leaders that are a part of the problem in our country, we will not only have the influence that we've had for hundreds of years, we can keep it and grow it. And in that, we could be a place of bringing transformation to the people that don't have as much as others. And transformation to, to people, what I call the rich and out, not just the poor and out. And all of a sudden, with these solutions around our country, we might even be able to impact the different cities, the different states, and even the other countries bigger than we have. So I still believe it comes down to let's get lit. we got to learn to love, influence, transform. Ford, awesome once again, my friend. You have been listening. And thank you to all of our podcast subscribers and listeners. You have been listening to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. Ford, I really look forward to gathering with you again on the next episode. Be well, my brother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. Thank you.